recording. Then darkness took me, and I strayed out of thought and time, and I wandered far on roads that I will not tell. Secrets! <laughs> Secrets! <laughs> well, greetings, listeners, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the We Read Books podcast. This is where we read books, and we talk about them for mostly our own enjoyment, but hopefully for yours as well. Our hmm. quote reader over there, that is Mad. And that is Wit. Hello! And it's... 2024. Can you believe it? No. No. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I am also out of space and time and I feel like <laughs> I feel like mentally I'm like no, it's 2024. I'm I'm not doing this 2023 thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. For a while or just I don't know, December just felt like uh, it was in its own pocket of time because it yeah. was so busy. <laughs> it was so busy. I always feel like January is like its own pocket of time. It, yeah. It feels very long. It does. Usually. It does. Even though like everyone in my family has a birthday in January, it just still <laughs> feels like it's unending. Right. It's probably all the social engagements. Yeah, probably. But I was going to jokingly say New Year, same us. Because <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but... I, you know, I, I don't need to make my self-improvements at the beginning of the year. I just try and do it no. all throughout. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I think so, I usually do have, like, goals that I set, but yeah. it's never because it's the beginning of the year. Right. The reason usually is because I generally take off the week between Christmas and New Year. Mm -hmm. So I have time <laughs> right to sit and think about like the usually it's book lists this is right. these are the books i want to read in the coming year absolutely so. that, yeah that's just a plan for the new year not a okay time crunch i gotta i gotta i time. gotta be a new me <laughs> time to change there is nothing wrong with making resolutions that that's yeah. not what i'm saying i yeah. just personally don't one because <laughs> if i label it as a resolution that's too much pressure, and yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I agree. I think a lot of people, like, are looking at the new year like, okay, this is the, this is when I'm going to make these changes that I've been wanting to make. Yeah. This is the clean slate. Yeah. And then whenever they, like, kind of fall off the wagon. As they stumble a little, then it, they feel like a failure yeah, already. Yeah, they feel like a failure. And then it just ruins everything instead of, like, I feel like, if you maybe set like milestones yeah. instead, yeah. then you can you don't feel like you're such a at like one day where you aren't drinking forty gallons of water and working out isn't right. gonna crumble you. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> just be just be nice to yourself. It's yeah. a new year. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know. I struggle as much as the next person being nice to myself, but usually not in the normal ways. I'm not like, oh, you're so fat. Look at you. <laughs> I don't ever like think that to myself, but I, I, I might look at myself in the mirror occasionally and be like, you're a little gummy bear, a little chubby bunny, but then I get over it. 
Yeah. I actually, I've been very good about my self-talk this last year because I have been working out. And not that my body has necessarily physically changed look-wise, like drastically. It hasn't. But I just, I feel better because mm-hmm. I'm stronger. Yeah. And that's really all I needed. I just needed to not feel like a lazy couch potato. Mm-hmm. That was really the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I I think the, yeah, how you feel is the most important aspect of any sort of, like, lifestyle change, uh, for sure. Yeah. And also, I just try and look at my body and be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be nice to you. I live in you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's really funny is we were watching Schitt's Creek last night, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, and there's an episode. Now, listen, I know Schitt's Creek has been out for a really long time, and I refused to watch it for the longest time. Dear listeners, number one, because I felt like the name was so on the nose, and I don't generally gravitate towards a pun, so I was like, first of all, no. It just, it, the, the, the title implies that it's going to be... Stupid. Yeah, like, I don't know what kind of humor, just not the kind yeah. that you or I are normally right. drawn to, it so does. I get it. <laughs> And so I initially wrote it off without ever hearing anyone talk about it, even though I do really like Eugene and Dan Levy. I think they're both hilarious. So I was just like, whatever, that name, I can't. Well, somehow, like, soon after that, I went to work, and I had at least three people tell me specifically, you would love the show. Oh, my God, you have to watch the show. And I'm like... How do you, first of all, no. Is Second this a sign? All, I feel I, like I'm being attacked. <laughs> I I was feeling very, like, arm-twisted. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? No. I refuse. I'm never watching it now. Right. This you bandwagon that you have tried to force me onto, I shall yeah. not. How do you know what I would like? Right. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> don't sound like you know me. Yeah. So I refused. And then it must have been... While Dakota was traveling a lot, he watched it. And he was like, I think you like it. It's really funny. And I'm like, nope. This is the hill I'm choosing to die on, and I'm not going to watch it. But, like, while we were off for Christmas, he was like, it's on Prime now. You can watch it for free. Just for free. Okay. And I was like, fine. I will now that the hubbub has died. Right. (laughs) And it is funny. All of that to say... That a recent episode, Moira is trying to find these old nude photos of her from, like, the 70s. And she's, at first, very distressed. Like, we have to find these. They've uncovered them, whatever. And then they can't find them. And she's super disappointed. Yeah, because she wanted to see them. (laughs) Yeah. And she, like, she tells Stevie, she's like, hey, take as many pictures of yourself naked right now as you can because when you're my age you're going to be glad that you have them and you're going to look at them and be like damn I used to look like that yeah I had that realization last year honestly like I I looked at old pictures because over the last couple years I had gained probably any like probably 20 pounds but like in the last 10 years I've gained like 40 or more so you know last year it kind of caught up in my brain I was a little self-conscious about myself but um I would look at old pictures and I'm like I used to think that I was unattractive then and I looked like really good so it's like 
uh, 20 more pounds from now, I'm going to look back at the pictures of me now and go, wow, I still looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of had that realization. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to appreciate the looks that I have now mm-hmm. and try and love myself. And yeah, it's like, if I am that unhappy, then I need to do something about it or I need to stop complaining. So that's mm-hmm. when... Caleb and I decided to start working out. Yeah. He says he can see a lot of change uh, in my body, which is great. You know, I, I still wear the same clothes, but size clothes, but they fit me differently. Yeah. But like I said, I, I'm, I was doing it less to like look like I did 40 pounds ago and more so just to feel better about myself mm-hmm. and feel strong and healthy and yeah. You know, and, and it's to, good for your mental. Yeah. And to yeah. counteract the, you know, I feel better about junk when I eat junk yeah because I'm like well but I work out so I'm at least doing something (laughs) yeah and Dakota's gotten into the routine you know like he started training for the marathon he did in September and from that whole period he's always been a really active guy he's gets very antsy when it comes to like sitting around yeah (laughs) like he's just not a sit still kind of person never So whenever he, like, has a bad day or a hard day at work or whatever it is, now his go-to is, like, I'm going to go on a bike ride because it's going to, like, clear my mental. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, his go-to now because he realized training so often that his mood was so much better. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he does now for that. And it, I, I will tell you, it was a struggle in the beginning. And I yeah. still have days where when I'm working out, I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> but when I'm done, I always feel better. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's it's tough. It is tough. And I also was like, I'm not going to pick something that's not sustainable. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say like, oh, I need to work out seven days a week and I'm going to yeah. never eat sugar again. And I'm, I didn't make these like ridiculous, like mm-hmm. I can't list. Mm-hmm. I was just like this, I'm going to do this thing. And if that inspire, you know, and then that generally inspires like other better habits. But yeah, I didn't try to start off when I made this change last year, like to be <laughs> this big restrictive thing because that also kind of keeps you from it does those are the stumbling blocks you trip on and go ah forget it (laughs) right exactly a lot of I follow a lot of nutritionists on YouTube and the like common theme for all of them is when it comes to wanting to like eat more food that's like nourishing as opposed to like your your heart food right Mm -hmm. They say that the best way to, like, start focusing on health food is to not think about what you have to eliminate from your diet. Think mm-hmm. about what you can add to your diet. Yes. I think and, you told me that, yeah. and that really that really stuck with me, too. It, I was yeah. like, okay, what can I add rather than what I can't have? Exactly. What should I add? Yeah, what's going to make me feel the best? Right. Which... Like, last year, or maybe the year before that, I started, the The only thing I did was, I'm going to try and eat six servings of fruits and vegetables every day. That was literally it. Yeah. And that, just doing that, I ate so much less snack food. Right. But just it wasn't like, oh, I'm trading this for this. You yeah. were just like, I'm just, I'm going to add this in. Yeah. If I, like, 
for at lunch just was like, I want this bag of chips. So just eat right. it. Like, right. And, but unacknowledged, I'm sure like you adding those things kind of satiated probably what would have been maybe a craving for something not so good. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely does work and being restrictive or any, any time that I've ever tried eating and it like Dakota and I tried doing the keto thing mm-hmm. for a while horrible Mm -hmm. and not every eating style works for everybody either you know not only mentally but like physically like some people's bodies just yeah you can't you can't do that you just can't yeah i absolutely could not especially because keto not only eliminates like processed sugar and carbs you can't have starchy vegetables like asparagus or Brussels sprouts, which are my two favorite vegetables. I was going to say, I'm already picky about vegetables. Like, yeah. so, yeah, I would and be in big trouble. You can't, it, you have to eat very, very limited amounts of fruit. And the fruits you can have are usually just berries, which I eat a lot of blueberries anyway. Mm-hmm. But I eat an apple every single day of my life. Yeah. And I was like, are you telling me <laughs> that this one apple is my entire day's worth of carbs. Get the fuck out of here. Right. You're crazy. I do not accept that. <laughs> I reject this entirely. Right. But And I have a friend that's done keto, and, like, that aligns with the types of food she likes, and that works super great for her. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's great. Would not work for me. I immediately failed. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just read it, and you were like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Essentially, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, bud, but if I can't eat apples and Brussels sprouts, I'm going to fail immediately. Right. So, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Which, sorry, not sorry. It seems so funny that a diet is going to limit your produce intake. Yes. that's It didn't compute in my brain, so. I know it has to all do with the science of it or, or whatever, but yeah. Get out of here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you would like to share your New Year's resolution slash your thoughts on all those things or just the books that you want to read this year, you know, yeah, anything that you want to share with us, you can do so on our social channels. You absolutely can. Which are uh, Instagram and TikTok are We Read Books Pod. And then our email is We Read Books Pod 23 at gmail.com. That's right. And, uh, my reading, uh, well, I have two reading goals for the year. I picked a book list that I'm following. Yeah, I want to fill it out just for fun. I know that I'm not going to be able to read 52 plus books this year, but I still want to fill it out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm trying real. there is one, it's 52, um, like, prompts that you enter a book for each prompt. And three of the prompts are trilogy that's right. That's right. <laughs> so you add 12 extra onto that. But um, I knew that it was an odd number. It wasn't mm-hmm. just the even number of yeah. books of weeks, but I couldn't remember how right. many. But I'm trying to pick. So I also am trying to read the entire Brandon Sanderson catalog. Not necessarily just in this year, but I am starting it. Right. I've already read the first Miss Bourne cycle. I am restarting that, though, because it's been like three years. So I'm rereading Mistborn, and then I will get into the uh, rest of the Cosmere and then his others. But nice. I definitely want to read some Brandon Sanderson. 
I really loved the Mistborn trilogy. It's it's very good. Awesome. So that's what I hear. Uh, they are in my Audible. Might be difficult as a first listen though. Yeah, I I think those I do want to read and like take my time. Yeah, because I have heard that the magic system is very intricate, it and is. so I I really want to soak it in. Yeah. So those are my reading goals, I guess. Nice. For the year. Very cool. I haven't made any yet. <laughs> but I did just start watching. I'm always late to every party because I just, that's how we roll. Just like Shit's Creek. I, mm-hmm. I was just like, I watched the first season. I was like, I can't stand Roland. I can't do this. And then I went back to it like a couple of years later. And I was like, okay, I love this show. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I just, I'm just, I'm just slower to the, to the popular things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just started watching Wheel of Time Ooh. on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And really it just made me go, okay, I feel like I need to read these books because mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be getting so much more information right now. <laughs> yeah. I have had the Wheel of Time on every list I have written for years. Mm-hmm. It's just so daunting. There's so is many. that one like a really it's 14, okay, 14 I think. That's what yeah. I thought. Interestingly, Robert Jordan, who is the author, he died uh before he finished. And so Brandon Sanderson finished the last two or three nice. of the Wheel of Time. It did seem like even though I haven't read any Brandon Sanderson, just from what I've heard that seems like mm-hmm. a good fit. It, yeah. So, that's cool. Robert Jordan tapped him specifically to finish it. So Nice. Yeah. It's good when an author, like, chooses their yeah. successor, if you will. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> Just in case. have said if George Martin were to die before finishing A Song of Ice and Fire, that they would like Brandon Sanderson to finish it. But that would never fit because Brandon Sanderson... Uh, it writes clean mm-hmm. and a song of ice and fire would never, it would never fit the way he writes. Right. Cause it's gritty and dirty. And yeah. Crass. Yeah. So hmm. I'm not sure who could, I don't know. Could Sarah do it? Maybe. No. No. <laughs> she could not be, she couldn't capture that voice. Okay. Because I, I've read Sarah, I have not read George, so yeah. I, but I thought maybe if she's so because she, she's tried different types of mm-hmm. fantasy. She's so re- that's why I thought maybe, yeah. but honestly, I I don't know. I that was just literally the first thing that popped yeah. in my head. Please don't come for me. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, the way she writes is much more um, hopeful. Uh so and he's more bleak. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> The Orwellian version of Tolkien. Oh, if if only, <laughs> if so. only Orwell could finish. It. Yeah, George. Uh, yeah, George Orwell could easily <laughs> get in that mindset and write. Just add a dash of fantasy <laughs> instead of that future sci-fi yeah. sort of. Not really sci-fi, but yeah. it feels like sci-fi. You know, I don't yeah. know. I think Stephen King is like kind of. That popped wink, in my wink, head, nudge, too, nudge. because, I mean, he has... He probably he's could. He's done some fantasy and stuff, so, yeah. yeah. He probably could get into, like, the nitty-gritty the way that George does, but, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it. Hopefully, George just... Get it done, Finishes George. the fucking books and 
we don't have to have this conversation. Stop plaguing my friend <laughs> and just finish the books. The man is like 78. You know, he's he's still got time, but... He has time. He needs to get on it. But not that much. So Unless he's a Chris Traeger and is going to live till he's 120. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You never know. Jeez. If... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this week we are going back to Middle Earth mm-hmm. to resume our journey with the penultimate in the trilogy, The Two Towers. Ayo. So we're going to do two parts um, in this. Technically, we are doing books three and four. Right. That confused me when I, when I picked up the book. I was like, book three. And I was like, no. Did I grab Return of the King when I left the house? Dang it. And then I was like, <laughs> no, this is this is Two Towers. And then I remembered. I was like, right. The first book technically says book one, book two. Yeah. So Two Towers is book three, book four. Because as you've said, it wasn't meant to be separated as a trilogy. It was just meant to be like one thick. Yeah. With like three C's and five K's. Thick yeah. book. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. We are in the middle. Mm-hmm. Books three and four. And obviously the writer of this is J.R.R. Tolkien. In case you didn't know. In case you were curious and didn't know, <laughs> that's who wrote this book. If you haven't listened to our first episode the fellowship of the ring you might want to do that yeah unless you just like to live life on the edge and chaotically you know yeah because where fellowship ends is where the book ends is not where fellowship the film ends correct so you might lose a little something if you do not know how the book ends right so I think that is the roof, by the way. I don't think it's Oh, inside. like things like tumbling? Or you think it's oh, things on the running roof. on the yes. roof, not in the roof. Hey, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Our pod pals are back. <laughs> yeah. Because this is where the the roof slants. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's the, it's the roof, not inside. <laughs> the pitter-patter of their little feet are just precious. Yeah. Especially have, knowing now that yeah. it's outside they're outdoors because not inside we have so many trees around our house and so many squirrels we have tons of squirrels too though i never hear them running across our roof but we also have like an attic space Mm -hmm. in between like our what is essentially our ceilings and the roof so whereas i feel like this is pretty like that's Mm -hmm. the roof (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's In the room that we're in. Right, yeah, there's no uh, attic above this room specifically. Yeah. Um, I think there is on the other side of the house. I think in one of our spare bedrooms on the other side, you can get up into above there. Nice. But not here. Nice. But anyway. (laughs) Okay, so I like your attempt at the one-line plot summary. For book three. Okay. I, it was impossible. <laughs> I know. I was just like, uh, literally so short. I think it's funny that 
um, spell check changed Gimli to Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> I just now saw that. I just now saw that too. <laughs> Jillian. Oh man. So, <laughs> but yeah, this one we're basically just following Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli as their part of the journey continues. That's and, right. And this episode, this book covers more than that, obviously. Yeah. But this episode, we're just going to talk about the journey of those three. Exactly. Okay. So, um, characters. Now, these are the new characters that we're meeting in in this book. Book three. Book well, this is all of that for oh, all the of whole Two Towers. Book. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Um, so first we have Gandalf the White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Shadowfax. His horse. Yeah. We get Grima Wormtongue. Ugh. He is uh advisor to King of Rohan. Yeah. They made him look so disgusting. He really did. And it was perfect. It's the teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, whenever he's talking really, like, talking with Eowyn and he's really close to her face. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Oh, 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 oh. And, well, and he's so sallow and, like, yeah. ugh. Worm tongue really suits him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. And then we have Theoden, King of Rohan. Mm-hmm. Eomer, which is the leader of the Riders of Rohan. Which is Theoden's nephew? Yes, Theoden's nephew. And then Eomer's sister, Eowyn, mm-hmm. niece to the king. Faramir, brother to Boromir, captain of Gondor. Mm-hmm. Fangorn, which is Treebeard. Right. That, that confused me, but I was like, oh, so, okay, Fangorn Forest Treebeard's Forest. Belongs to this man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not this man, this int. Int, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then Brigalad is another int. Yeah. And then Oogluk. (laughs) He's, like, essentially the main leader guy from the Eurokai. Yeah. Oogluk. Oogluk. There was another... It sounds more like a sound than a name. It does, Yeah. And it probably is. Yeah. There was one other of the Eurokai that we got their name for, but it doesn't matter. Or do you want, like, kind of the wormy one that was kind of talking yeah. to Pippin and Mary in the forest as they were entering the forest? Or uh, just... Yeah. I guess we get some names of some of them, but really... That doesn't really matter that much. No. They all have similar goals yeah so therefore their personalities are pretty interchangeable yeah Yeah. (laughs) essentially but i think now i don't think i don't know if we ever get any of the names in the film but i imagine that ugluk is like the one who's like really big and he's got the white hand on his face the big beefy one the one who like one of the big beefy ones in the film even though aragorn doesn't actually fight any of the orcs at that scene isn't that crazy? That's, that's wild. The fighting is much shorter in these books. Yeah. Then I mean, obviously in the movie they wanted to be big and grand. I get that. Of but, course. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of wild to me. Like I'm, I, I'm sitting there either reading or listening, and I'm just like, did, did I miss something? Did mm-hmm. I skip a part? Yeah. No. Okay. 
I'm not mad about it, though. You know? Yeah. I get I enough. Mean, long, drawn-out battle scenes are just, I mean, they kind of get boring, you right. know? And then you're throwing names around of people that are getting slain left and right. Nobody yeah. wants that. No one needs that. Yeah. And it's also kind of difficult, like, in a battle, so much shit is happening at once. Right. So time isn't really moving as you're writing it. Right. Because you have to be, like, at this part of the battle, and then you have to be over here, and then you have to be over there. And right. it just com- becomes very confusing. Right. And there's so. already enough going on in these books. So right. We didn't need all that. Yeah. We didn't need a ton of that. <laughs> all right. So let's hop into our plot points. Um, so essentially at the beginning of this book is just after Sam and Frodo go down the river in the boat. Right. Everyone I think is, is still in the woods looking for Frodo because last we saw of them, Boromir came back to the group and was like, uh, and they were like, where's Frodo? And he was like, uh, we kind of had a little argument. Yeah. I I don't want to really talk about it. We just had a little argument and then we he ran away, so yeah. I don't know. So then, of course, Mary Pippin run off to go find him. Mm-hmm. Aragorn's like, Boromir, please go, go. follow them yeah. and watch over them. Yes. <laughs> we don't need more hobbits getting lost in the woods. Okay. Exactly. Gimli and Legolas go run off. Aragorn goes, runs off. Yeah. And Sam's trying to keep up with his little legs after yeah. Aragorn. <laughs> yeah. And I think... Well, no, that was the end of that one. That was the end of Fellowship, yeah. Sam turned around, hightailed back, but so Aragorn's still in the woods mm-hmm. thinking Sam's maybe somewhere behind him. Right, right. <laughs> Trying to find Frodo. Yeah, so obviously Sam catches up to Frodo and they leave. So right. that's the end of Fellowship. Right. And so where we come up here is Aragorn basically in the woods and he's kind of like... What's going on? Because he can hear orcs coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do I do? Right, I can't Where track I Frodo. I don't see any footprints. There are no footprints. And so he's unsure. And then he hears the horn of Gondor. And he's like, shit. Mm-hmm. Boromir needs help. So he runs to Boromir and he's too late. And it's just nuts. It's like, yeah. we're searching for Frodo. And then all of a sudden... These orcs and orcai like come through like a wave and leave mm-hmm. without Gimli, Legolas, or Aragorn ever encountering them. Yeah, yeah. Boromir is the only one who encounters the group of orcs. Yeah, and him and I'm and like, yeah, and <laughs> so the twins. Pippen. They are not the twins. twins. <laughs> yeah, him and Merry and Pippin. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time Aragorn gets. To Boromir, Boromir has got arrows in the chest. Dude's down. But he took a bunch. He took a, yeah, he took a lot of arrows and he tells Aragorn that he tried to take the ring from Frodo. And he's, he's sorrowful about he it. Is. And, and repentant. He is. He's upset. And Aragorn, I mean, that then basically he dies. Right. But they it, had a really nice they, conversation they there and a little like bonding and he like, he, you know, acknowledges Aragorn as his king, mm-hmm. and it's very sweet. It is very sweet. It's very similar to, like, the scene in the film, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Just maybe a little bit more conversation than yeah. the movie, but, yeah, really good. So then 
after, right as soon as he dies, essentially, is when Legolas and Gimli arrive on scene, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, we don't know where they where the hobbits are. And so they do Boromir's funeral. They put him in a boat, send him down to the river with his horn and his sword. All his All his gear. gear yeah. And... So he's off, and now the three of them are like, well, what? where do we go now? Right. Like, what do we do? What do we do? they don't know the location of any of the hobbits. Yeah. They have no idea where anyone is. Because I don't think Boromir tells them, because I don't think he knows right. what mm-hmm. happened to Merry and Pippin. He right. just knows he was trying to he was protect chasing... them, or chasing after them to protect yeah. them, and ran into the orcs, the orcs and stuff. So. Right. They don't know where any of the the hobbits are, though luckily Aragorn is super smart at mm-hmm. tracking and just deducing things, mm-hmm. which we see in the movies for sure, but I feel like it's just cool to read it in the books, you know? Yeah, it is. But he, I, he pretty much deduces that Sam, or Frodo, had to have taken one of the boats because one of the boats is missing, mm-hmm. and if... Frodo went, then surely Sam, Sam went as well. And mm-hmm. I think their packs were gone, missing yeah. as well. And Sam's pack was different than everyone else's because he was carrying, like, pots and pans. Right. He was carrying a lot more. Yeah. So they that's why they noticed his was missing. So right. they essentially were like, well, okay. But they still kind of toil back and forth a yeah. little bit. Like, okay, so then do we follow Frodo and Sam? Yeah. Or do we maybe go looking for the other two? Mm-hmm. We're not sure what Right. Yeah. Because Aragorn's really torn because he's like, I I swore to take Frodo to the gates of Mordor. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to follow him. Yeah. Because in the movie, you get that nice moment of Aragorn, like, kind of reluctantly releasing Frodo to yeah. his mission alone. You know, I would have like, gone with you to the end. Yeah. And beyond. You know, yeah. like, such a, like, cool moment. But... So they don't get to have that. So. Right. <laughs> but eventually they're like, you know, we got to assume that the other two are alive and captured and we got to. They need our help yeah. more than Frodo and Sam. Right. Yeah. So they essentially eventually land on that and can pick up the orc trail. Yeah. Even though they can't really pick up a hobbit trail. Well, hobbits are so light and small. Right. And, you know, they're good for sneaking. Yeah. And like we learned in. The Hobbit, mm-hmm. Hobbits can move through the woods basically silently. Mm-hmm. They're so light-footed. Yeah. So, obviously, their tracks would be virtually non-existent as well. Right. So. <laughs> Sorry, it just made me think about how <laughs> when I think I'm stepping light-footedly throughout the house... <laughs> Caleb says I'm stomping still. <laughs> like, I was walking gently. He's like, you're, no, you tromp around upstairs. I just boom, boom, booming every time. I can hear you whenever you walk anywhere. I'm like, man. <laughs> Lie to me. All right. I know. I need I need to take some Hobbit classes to, like, really get that light-footedness going on. <laughs> That's funny. Ugh. But yeah, so basically they rely on Aragorn's tracking skills, and then Legolas can kind of see them with his elf sight. He can. Though sometimes he loses sight of them, Mm -hmm. but they can, I don't know if hear them, but they just kind of have these, like, 
these ways mm-hmm. to like kind of know that they've they're either on the path on the path if they've stopped but like pretty much these orcai have not stopped which is yeah. unusual generally yeah. they only move at night mm-hmm. so they're they're also assuming that they're in urgency because yeah. they are not really stopping right so which kind of like just doubles down on the fact that they probably have the hobbits right and they're i mean those these three are exhausted because they i mean they've rested when they felt like they should Mm -hmm. but probably not nearly enough yeah but they you know it's like if the orcs and the orcai are like moving constantly they feel like they need to be too so they don't lose sight of them (laughs) or lose their trail exactly so as they're chasing after the orcs they eventually find themselves on the lands of rohan and enter sweet, cool, fiddle, violin music. No, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they do have some of, like, the most beautiful, I don't know, I mean, all the movies have beautiful yeah, music, yeah. but when you hear the Rohirrim, the Rohan oh. music, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think, I know, like, the Shire music is very iconic, but mm-hmm. I think, my favorite is the Rohirrim. Yeah. The March of the Rohirrim or whatever it's, just, it's called. Oh, it's so lovely. It's, whoever scored these films is a genius. Mm-hmm. They're wild. I'm sure they like got un- awards, and if they didn't... Oh, they had to have. We better... Had to have. <laughs> that needs to be rectified, but I'm certain <laughs> that they did. <laughs> We're going to start a petition. Right. For the composer. <laughs> Retroactive awards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they run into uh, the Riders of Rohan, which are led by Eomer. He's the third marshal of the Rittermark, mm. which is that what that area is called? The Rittermark? I Ritter think Mark? so, yeah. It just sounds cool. It sounds so cool. But Aragorn basically explains to Eomer that they are hunting a group of orcs who took two hobbits captive. Yeah. And uh, Eomer's like, oh, well, we destroyed a group of orcs. The night before, but uh, I didn't see any hobbits. Yeah. <laughs> so they must be among the dead because we basically killed everybody that yeah was in that group. Essentially, yeah. Right. So Aragorn and Legloss and Gimli are, I mean, probably instantly like a little part of them's devastated, but yeah. they're also kind of like, I don't know if you know what a hobbit is. Let me ma- let me make sure that you <laughs> understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's when Gimli is. Like, hey, this is uh, what a hobbit is. Yeah. They're essentially, like, halflings. They'd be, like, children to your eyes. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Like, I know that the hobbits are, like, tucked away in the Shire and stuff, but there are so many creatures in this world that, like, do not know what halflings are. Yeah. Or hobbits. Like, I... No one outside the Shire except, like, Gandalf and Aragorn know hobbits, essentially. And, like, Rivendell. Yeah. It's sort of, like... So, I'd understand if you'd never seen one, but you haven't even heard a story? I don't believe that. And I think that's what Aomer says here. He's like, I thought those were just made up for stories. I didn't think hobbits were real. Or hobbits were real. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So strange. It's like, okay. (laughs) But then again, you know, the world of men are probably really just consumed by the world of men. Yeah, that's... Kind of the implication, I think. And they've kind of been having their own battles going on, so, you know. Yeah. Exactly. They're busy. They're Yeah, <laughs> they have their own shit to worry about. Yeah. But 
At this point, Aomer also, like, warns them about Saruman. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, dude has been corrupted. Um, so watch your backs. Right. Which they knew because Gandalf told them. Yeah. Yeah, they knew. But still. But yeah, so he tells them that and uh, Aragorn tells Aomer about Gandalf's death. Yeah. Sad day. So, essentially, they part on good terms. Aomer is like, I give you passage. Yeah, it, it's so funny. Like, you, you run into all these lands that, like, have these rules. Mm-hmm. Like, and we'll, you know, in the next episode, we'll talk about another one. But it's just, like, these areas with these rules, it's just like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here and the penalty is death. It's like, yeah. uh, sick. Sorry. I Did you have a <laughs> sign? I missed it. Uh, what? You, what? <laughs> yeah, now entering Rohan. Right. <laughs> Trespassers <laughs> will yeah, be killed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's essentially kind of they're like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. We don't allow just strangers walking up in our in our yard. Yeah. You know, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off with your head. Right. But luckily they, you know, got along and trust each other. So he's like, yeah, okay, you can hang out in my yeah. land. and Here's some horses. Here's some horses. Yeah. But that's not typical. Not typical. <laughs> so. At all. But so. our boys, they're, you know, they're charming and they're good men. So. Yeah. Yeah. Men being man, elf and dwarf. But. Yeah. And probably throwing around the name of Gandalf doesn't hurt. No. Because unlike the hobbits, everyone. Everyone. Knows Gandalf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they continue on. They're searching for Marion Pip with no luck. And they end up kind of camping right on the edge of Fanghorn Forest. Mm-hmm. So this is when we first hear about the Ents. Legolas is telling Gimli and Aragorn about the Ents that are rumored to like live in the forest. They're tree people. Tree people. Tree guardians. And Gimli has a vision of an old man in a cloak wearing a large hat. <laughs> and he assumes that this is Saruman. Yeah. Trying to like trick them and when they wake up their horses are gone yeah great well sick peace out horses it's been real right (laughs) (laughs) didn't Gimli kind of have a not an argument but he's like yeah I'm not I'm not gonna sit on one I'm not gonna take one of your horses and not even like a no I don't want your charity I don't know he had like this weird Mm -hmm. thing about getting on one of their horses so like his leg loss is like okay then you can ride on one with me but yeah I think so. We can't wait for you to walk, bro. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered, like, what? I think, because I also think Gimli had a weird thing about horses anyway. Yeah. So. I, maybe he just doesn't like being that high off the ground. Yeah. Could be. You know? Could be. But Wars yeah. Horses are kind of stout underground folk, so. Yeah. Very ro- rooted to the earth. Right. Yeah. Like a mountain. <laughs> exactly. Under which they live. Yep. I did want to ask you about this because later we do find out that the person he saw, Gandalf's like, nope, that wasn't me. But we don't really get confirmation necessarily. But right. was it Saruman? I don't know. I don't know because later. I feel like it's left unsaid. It's, it's very, it's, yeah, it's unresolved kind of because okay. I I was worried that maybe I missed something, so that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. No, I don't th- I don't think we ever get confirmation that it was certainly Saruman. I think if since Gimli's assuming it, we're supposed to assume it. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf's like, yeah, no, that wasn't me. Yeah. Spoiler alert, but we already told you he's in this book, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I also think like Gandalf, he wouldn't release their horses. No. So, exactly. I mean, we have to assume it was Saruman. But right. it seems weird that he would just release their horses and not like attack them. Yeah, I don't. But I, I don't. He's kind of a chicken though. Yeah. He's, I don't know. He's, he's just very like. weird. Sometimes I feel like he's just moving pieces on the chessboard without. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily without a plan, but like just. I don't know, just to mess yeah. with them, I just, guess. Yeah, just to thwart them enough, but not yeah. fully engage. Probably yeah. because I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to delay them and not necessarily like. Right. Yeah. Like I say, he's just a chicken. He's just a chicken. Just I doing mean, everything from afar. Moving in the night. Come right. <laughs> so, whenever we begin the next chapter after the horses are discovered missing, essentially we move to Mary and Pippin. Yes. So, we know that they're alive, and they are captives of the orcs. Alive. Huzzah! Captured. Oh, no. (laughs) But the orcs have orders, essentially, like, grab the hobbits, don't search them, Mm -hmm. don't pillage them, don't kill them, don't harm them. Deliver them unspoiled. Unspoiled. Which feels like, ooh. Yeah. Exactly. But that is a word they used. It is indeed. So at the beginning, Pippin has this like little recollection of the battle between the orcs and Boromir. Yeah, that's when we get the full picture of what happened. Exactly. And Pippin's like last view was Mm -hmm. Boromir like being shot and trying to like pull the arrow out of his chest. Yeah. I mean, the man took several arrows. He is, well, was. A warrior. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Poor Sean Bean. <laughs> you know what? If they would have stuck to the actual timeline of the book, Sean Bean would have made it to the second movie. This is true. But it wouldn't have changed how long he was there because they were filming those movies for three years. Yeah. All at the same time. All at the same time. Like, and I, I just watched a video recently because I wasn't sure I couldn't remember. But yeah, it's like they, they were filming... All three at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's like they might do a scene. Okay, this one's for fellowship. Okay, now this one is for <laughs> Return to the King. <laughs> yeah. It's like, which is smart because you don't want to yeah. have to go back and forth to sets. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, that's wild. That is so wild. I don't think any project has ever been filmed that way before or since. I agree. But, I mean, which is it a, paid off. It, it really paid off. So... I think, and honestly, it probably saved them money as well because they were just there and they could have, like, the set and then shoot that for, like, however many times they needed to be in that place for the entire trilogy. Right. Like, well, like, Harry Potter had to go back and rebuild sets multiple times. Exactly. Because obviously the kids age and things change, so it's like you they couldn't have done what Lord of the Rings did. No. But just to say, it's just, yeah, when you have to rebuild or go back to a set, you know, sometimes they can keep sets, sometimes they can't. Yeah. So I'm sure it's costly to, mm. to rebuild and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. But I have heard um, it, that Lord of the Rings was super unique because it was unheard of at that time to have such a huge budget Mm -hmm. for movies like that 
without, because, I mean, Harry Potter wasn't out yet when they mm-hmm. were filming, because the first Lord of the Rings and the first Harry Potter both came out in 2001. Right. And they had been filming had for been three filming. years, and then also, then he was editing the films after that. Exactly. So. So, before that, there weren't really live action high fantasies that were utilizing a good portion of practical effects yeah. like that. So he almost didn't get the budget that he had to use for these movies. Yeah, New Line uh, almost got a little nervous, but yeah. thankfully. Thankfully, they gave the go ahead and yeah. took that risk. But I mean, because obviously it paid off. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Surely it's still paying off with oh, yeah. all the merch is. and such. It Yeah, it's just so. like Harry Potter. Both of those franchises are almost like eternal at this point. Right. So. But the only difference is if you want to do a Harry Potter show, I'm tentatively okay with it. If you touch yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's... When I heard the rumor about the Rings of Power, obviously, when I heard the rumor before it was announced what the story was going to be, it was just like Lord of the Rings show. I was like panicked. Part of it. No, you're not. Yeah. Parts of it felt like it fit and then other parts of it did not. Didn't. For me. I have not watched any of it. But I haven't read the Cimmerillion and all the other jazz, but Mm -hmm. for me, it just, it was okay. Yeah. I also haven't read The Silmarillion and kind of daunted by it, but... Yeah. I I got it for Christmas one year, <laughs> or my birthday last I, year, or something like that, but... I own the audiobook, but... Uh, right. So, one day maybe, but that day is not this day. <laughs> I got... Yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to Mary and Pippin. Right. Our captives. Our captives. Our poor little oh, captives. Yeah. So they're they're just trucking along. They they make them march instead of like I think they carry them sometimes, but yeah. they give them this like orc liquor. Yeah, which actually kind <laughs> of heals them or at least takes away their pains. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah. I guess at least it's helpful, but it sounds awful. Yeah, it like gives them the energy to like continuously march yeah. with the orcs. And it's, like, we have two different groups. Like, yeah. one is from Isengard or Orthunk, and then the other is from Mordor. Mordor. So yeah. we have a little bit of infighting, too, of, like, These, who's in charge or yeah. who's better, or, you know. they the I think they kind of feel like they have the same goal but maybe different because one is for Sauron and one is for Sauron. Exactly. Even though the Sauron ones should really be for Sauron also, it's... It's, you know, we have a little bit of... Yeah, trickery. Yeah, or a little, yeah, a little, a little bit of, like... Power struggle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Among among this group of beasts. Yeah, because this is, uh, you know, the Urokai, they serve Saruman. Mm-hmm. Then they have the white hand of Sar- Saruman. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like... Mm, we're in charge, and we're bigger than you. <laughs> right. So... I can thump you into the ground. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. So, but during some of that infighting, Pippin takes advantage and kind of breaks his bindings. He still kind of pretends like he's yeah. bound, but... Because is Mary... Mary's a little more wear, worse for wear. Yeah. Like, he's... 
I think he's like knocked out for part of it too, or I think so. Just he's, yeah, more injured or whatever. Yeah. Pippin is the one who's like we got to get out. Of yeah, this. waiting for that opportunity. Yeah. So um, he manages to yeah cut his bindings, but still in capture. Right. But he's right. He's taking steps. <laughs> yeah, he's watching all of the orcs Mm -hmm. very intently which is interesting yeah so uh at this point basically Ugluk and his crew the the urukai they're kind of like um you know what we're not dealing with this anymore right and they snatch up mary and pippin and they just fucking take off they're just booking it and leaving the mordor crew behind behind (laughs) because they're Saruman bred the Yurokai. Right. And so he made them bigger, stronger, and faster. Yeah. Well, and they were, some of them were like whining. They're tired. They didn't want to keep, you know. Yeah. So they easily leave the Mordor clan behind. Mm-hmm. They're just like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not like under, they're not following the same rules mm-hmm. as the Mordor group. And they're yeah. like, looking on Merry and Pippin. They're, like, looking through all their shit, searching for the ring. Yeah. To take it yeah. to and, Saruman. And there's, like, one specifically that kind of is trying to, I don't know, yeah. talk it out of them or trying to find out why they're so important kind of thing. Yeah. Which, it was interesting, and I was going to ask you about this, too, because I swore, because uh, this, cha- this part of the chapter I listened to on the audiobook like, the character said, like, golem or something, like, had a little, like, you know, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So what was that about? I think maybe he was, because the orcs had golem at one point before, mm. like, that's how they knew that the ring was in the Shire. And so I think they know of that creature. I don't mm-hmm. know that they call him golem. Mm-hmm. So I think they're repeating what what he, he said okay because yeah. that confused me i was like what so but to them they were like you know associating golem or the sound of golem with mm-hmm. the ring yeah. okay 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 yeah that i was just like wait what i know yeah. this isn't like golem in disguise like being right. like <laughs> hey give me my ring back <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, kind of thing because yeah. like, that's not him, but yeah, that that threw me off a little bit. So there's yeah. just so much going on. <laughs> there's so much stuff happening. So anyway, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> That's my assumption, at least. No, that I, makes sense. That makes but, sense. Um, so yeah, while they're like interrogating them and trying to like search them for the ring, Bing Bang Boom, we get the writers of Rohan coming in. Yeah, they're like, listen here. You guys are not welcome. Right. Time to die. <laughs> yeah, they don't get to talk their way out. <laughs> N- nah. And they don't get any horses. <laughs> None. They don't even get to keep their lives. Nope. So the writers of Rohan essentially kill all of the Urukai. Yeah. That are in this group. Right. Mary and Pippin hide under their elf cloaks because they it makes it like camouflages you. Mm-hmm. And when they get the opportunity, they book it right into the forest. Right. So they have escaped. Yeah, basically. Unscathed. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly, yeah. So. Thank goodness. Thank the lords. But 
Pippin does, or maybe both of them drop one of their brooches just kind of on purpose. Yeah. It's either their brooches or like the little belts or something, but they drop something. I think earlier on they find the belt at some point, and that's when they're like, oh no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they might be dead. But yeah. But But this is a sign of, hey, we're still alive. Yeah. Because Mary and Pippin have like kind of faith that their yeah. people are going to come after yeah. them. Yeah. Pippin's been, like I said, scheming this whole time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave a breadcrumb here. I'm going to take off my ropes now. Just yeah. waiting for that right opportunity. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. as silly and, like, you know, happy-go-lucky as Pippin is, he mm-hmm. has, like, intense foresight. He's a lot... Him and Mary both are a lot less trickstery in the books than they yeah. are in there are the lot, films. A lot less Fred and George right. in, in the books. And sometimes I'm like, at least until later, I'm like, dang, Gandalf, like, why are you so mad at Pippin? <laughs> I know. <laughs> at least in the first book, I was like, I, I don't recall him doing anything to intentionally mm-hmm. take you off, but, well, boy, yeah. sir. <laughs> now later, yeah, okay. That's but, kind of a, that's kind of a big deal. Right. <laughs> That's a big, uh, you shouldn't have done that, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> right. they, uh, they run into the forest, which they didn't know is Fangorn Forest, which most people do not enter, but when it's, uh, Orokai slash Rohirrim battle death or the trees, the trees, you choose the trees. That's right. And that's when they meet Treebeard slash Fangorn. Mm-hmm. He is, as we said before, an Ent. Yep. And he talks with Mary and Pippin about the history of the forest and the Ents and he also talks about the evil of Saruman and kind of mm-hmm. how he's changed. You know, he mm-hmm. used to he be used, a friend to them. Yeah, he used to, like, chit-chat with Saruman. Yeah, but not anymore. Not anymore. And he, like, tells them multiple times about, like, the Ent wives and <laughs> yeah. how they've lost them. And he's like, maybe I need to come visit the Shire because that kind of sounds like a place that the Ent wives would have wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> It just made it sound like all these ant wives were like, listen, I don't want to live here anymore. Can we move? Yeah. And they were like, no, like, we're comfortable here. And they were like, well, we're not. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> and they went to go find their own adventures or little piece of paradise or something. So. Yeah. But so, I just thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Question to the group. Where are the ant wives? Yeah. Have you seen them? <laughs> yeah. Give us a holler. Right. But yeah. it's so sweet. He's like, yeah, when you go back, like... Keep an eye out. Can you ask around? Yeah. Can you see if they're about? <laughs> I lost my wife. <laughs> That's like when you lose your spouse at the grocery store or Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like asking around like times a million. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen? Yeah. <laughs> Silly. Yep. But And then they tell Treebeard the story of the fellowship to a point, you know. Yeah, they don't tell him about the ring specifically. Right, but they they tell as much as they can. Yeah. And then they spend the night in Treebeard's end house. And then uh, after that, then there's a gathering of the Ents called an Entmoot for them to discuss just kind of the state of the world and if they're going to get involved. Mm-hmm. And that's when we meet Bregalad, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of other Ent that we... Get a name for. Yeah. And then uh, he 
Oh, yeah. And then he kind of talks about, like, the how the orcs are treating the forest and whatnot. Yeah. Are you clicking your nails? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just kept hearing a little click, and I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, she's fidgeting. I am a fidgeter. It's okay. Um, I have this little thing. It looks like a green hair tie, but it's just, it's just like a zigzaggy little, supposed to be like a fidget toy. I keep forgetting oh, yeah. to give it to you. <laughs> so like, she would like that maybe, but uh, yeah, sorry. I just, I kept hearing it. I was like, what is, oh. <laughs> yeah. Cause I can feel under my nail where my natural nail is yes. and where the extension is. And that's definitely something I would pick at too. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So sorry <laughs> to call you out. <laughs> this is why I chew gum. Gum kind of like satiates yes, that like it does fidgety. I got you. And I just uh like to chew gum. Yeah. I've always been a gum. So when I left my purse at home the other day, I was like, as soon as I realized I didn't have gum with me, yeah. my whole mouth was just like dry instantly. <laughs> like, oh my god. Not gonna make it. Mentally your brain was like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, and my chapstick. And then it sucked up all the moisture out of your mouth. Yeah, I just, I didn't have my chapstick and I didn't have my gum. And I was just like, I'm in the desert. <laughs> Luckily, I did find chapstick in my car. Yes. Say, but what, what a... <laughs> no gum. So, that was some shit. But, I mean, <laughs> going, the first day back to work after being off for like 12 days. Yeah. So it makes sense that that happened. Right. Seems par for the course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so after the ant moot and the whole like part with the ants feels like a long time. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like dialogue with the ants, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. It just not a lot happens. Right. So they're like debating, do we get involved? Do we not get involved? Eventually... They decide, yeah, we got to. Right. And I think it's probably because of Brie Galad's discussion of like. Right. This I, is what the orcs this, are doing. Yeah. This is what I've seen. So. They're, yeah. They're chopping up trees, burning them, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right. War cries. We're marching on Isengard. Right. And uh, Brigalad marches next to Treebeard. Yeah, I always like that. You know, I have a, you know, he doesn't say appointment, but whatever he says, I have an appointment with them with a rock and stone. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or in the movie, rock and stone. And he like rolls his R's and such. Yeah. But, yeah. Very nice. It's a cool moment. Cool moment. <laughs> so the trees are on the move. Yep. They're about to sack Isengard. As it deserves. Deservedly so. And then we switch POVs or whatever, or at least who we're hanging out with. Yep. And we're back with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Mm-hmm. Not whatever <laughs> my computer auto... Jillian. Jillian. Aragorn, <laughs> Legolas, and Jillian. <laughs> back with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and they are at the scene where the battle... Between the Rohirrim and the Orakai, or orcs, took place. And this is when they find Pip's little stuff that he left behind. And they kind of are able to kind of track their movements a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. They weren't being light-footed. They were 
really stomping them. Yeah, in there. Run, running for their lives. So I think they <laughs> he was able to track them a little bit and see that they went into the forest. Right. And this is when they run into the old man in the cloak. And at first they're like, all right, it's on sight. We're about to shoot this guy. Yeah. Death. Right. Because but, Saruman, it's like, you can't let him speak or right. he will have power over you. So. Yes, he's Trixie. Trixie. Yeah. Uh, but Aragorn is like, no, let's talk to this one. Mm-hmm. And so they ask about Mary and Pip. And instead of answering, the old man basically like jumps up onto a rock and is like, what? <laughs> it's Gandalf the White. <laughs> If we saw someone just jump up on a rock and throw their cloak off, we'd be like, ah! Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I thought something else was happening. <laughs> I, I thought this was my chance. Uh, you were going to take me on a journey, but yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Never mind. The moment has passed. <laughs> so Gandalf the White is on scene. He pass through fire and deep water to defeat the Balrog and has been reborn. Heck yeah. Yeah. You shall not pass. Such a great moment. It really is. It's. There might be a lot of like talking and things going on in betweens, but these books have a lot of great mm-hmm. moments. They do. And yeah. some wonderful dialogue. Yeah. And you, what the books really require of you is to slow down Mm -hmm. it's like just slow down live here a while yes sit in the story a while get to know this one get to know that one this isn't about the the next adventure this isn't the quick paced about the battles right it's about the in-between yeah so if you have like the films in your mind as you're going into reading the books it's gonna be kind of a letdown because they're just very different vibes i think it might it'll help you kind of stay on track you can kind of like okay i remember that moment i remember that moment but don't expect yeah the same pacing necessarily because the movies one have to cram it all into a film but two sometimes they add some dramatic flair mm-hmm that's true. Because movies need dramatic flair. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is written in, like, the 30s. Yeah. So it, it was, like, one of a kind. Storytelling was different then, Storytelling too. was super and different. he's un- a unique writer as well. Yeah. So. And so it's not like the fantasy that we're currently consuming. Like, it, it's, you have to sit in it mm-hmm. longer. And yeah. You have to appreciate the language as well. Right. So. Anyway. Now Gandalf, he's dropping some knowledge. First thing. Yeah. Immediately. He's like, uh, Saruman has betrayed Sauron and wants the ring for himself. Mm-hmm. And that Sauron is so focused sending his people abroad to find Frodo that he has left the gates of Mordor unguarded for the most part i mean yeah. there are people there but yeah his armies aren't right 
He's got Ooh. his own little side agenda. That's right. He just doesn't assume that a tiny hobbit is going to make the journey to Mount Doom. Right. I kind of feel like Sauron and Saruman both like can't fathom that anyone would destroy the ring. They just right. assume people are going to use it for their own means. They right. They can't even fathom the idea of someone wanting to destroy it. Why would you destroy it? Right. <laughs> exactly. Which is their downfall. Right. Which is very similar to themes in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, what Voldemort doesn't understand, he just doesn't even give a second thought to. Right. Even, and it, maybe it's different in the show, but, like, I've on, I'm only, like, two or three episodes into the Wheel of Time, Mm. and already two conversations have been literally, like, the uh, at least a line of dialogue is almost, like, word for word for stuff that's in Lord of the Rings. Not, not like they're plagiarizing necessarily. It's just, like, there were just two instances where I was, like, yep. Because it was, like, one was about, like, the time given to do what you can with the time that's given to us. Kind of like that whole conversation that Gandalf has with Frodo is like Mm -hmm. that one and then something else. But both times I was like, Oh, inspired by Lord of the Rings. Yep. Inspired by Lord of the Rings again. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think you can, you can trace Lord of the Rings in almost any fantasy that exists. Which there's so much in it. Yeah. And it's so vast and, and I mean, you can't fault anyone. And also it's like, if someone does something first, it's not necessarily that everyone's ripping them off. It's just like, well, they did it first. If you use it now, they'll just, yeah, that was the first reference, you know, kind of thing too. And everyone is inspired by someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's automatically going to kind of guide what you're creating. Yeah. Because no idea is original. You know, I mean, every idea has been done. It could be unique in the way that you tell the story or whatever, right. but you're still inspired by something else. Like, right. even Tolkien is taking a lot of what he wrote from mythology. Yeah. So, even though the story is unique in the way that he wrote it and told it, right. it's still inspired by something else. Right. And so, there's nothing wrong with them. No. I know people give... Like, new re- new series and stuff. A lot of shit for, like, lifting things from Lord of the Rings. Like, mm-hmm. um, Throne of Glass. A lot of the battles in there. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I think it's the battle at Orinth at the end. Yeah. They're like, this is written exactly like the Battle of Helm's Deep. And I'm just like, okay. Sure. Right. I could see it. But... At the same time, a battle's a battle. Like, yeah, you what... Can- <laughs> You can't get that. It's a, that side against that side. Right. Good, bad. Right. Fighting, death. Right. How, I mean, how creative can you get with it? But also, the Battle of Helm's Deep is fucking sick. Yeah. Who doesn't want to write their version of Helm's Deep? Right. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get there in this book. Yep. If we, I mean, we're not getting too distracted, but I guess... We better get on with we it. Better, we better put her. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. After all that, the four of them now set off for Isengard. And on their way, they see Edoras. And so they uh, 
go to the court of Theoden, king of Rohan. That's right. So they arrive at Edoras, and the guards are like, nah. Yeah. No one's allowed in at times of war by the order of Grima Wormtongue. Did it, I feel like the book said he'd only been there a couple days or something, or I maybe I misread that, but I was like, he sure got yeah. done in a couple days. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't. I, in the film, it makes it seem like Grima Wormtongue is there much longer. Yeah, but I do think he's only there for a short time. Yeah, but um, Gandalf is not accepting this, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm here to see Theoden, so let me in." Right. And so they let him in, and they're like, all your weapons, leave at the door, blah, blah, blah. But Gandalf ends up keeping his staff, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so they go into the hall, and we see Theoden, Wormtongue, and Eowyn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and this is when Wormtongue, he comes in hot. He's insulting Gandalf off the jump. Right. Like, bud, read the room. Because <laughs> even the other guys were like, you know, we're really not supposed to trust newcomers and stuff. But, yeah, you guys do seem legit. So, yeah, yeah go on. I like your bud. Right. You can come <laughs> yeah, in. I like your <laughs> That's essentially what happened. <laughs> essentially, yeah. And Wormtongue, he, you know, coming in hot and Gandalf is like, nah, dude. And... You're full of nonsense. I'm going to yeah. need you to shut it. Shut your trap. <laughs> and he, like, sends some magic his way, knocks him down, you know, basically shows him what's what. Yep. And then Gandalf is like, Theoden, hey, this guy's poison. Mm-hmm. Look at what he's doing. He's allowing Saruman into your lands, giving Saruman strength. You need... To just get up off your throne, regain your strength, and be the king. Cut that sucker loose. That's right. Who are you? You're Theoden King. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're right. And it's not like a big grand thing like in the movie. No, it's not. But he does have a magical, like, suppression on yeah, him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Which is lifted, but it's it's not the same as... Right. In the film, but not quite. Which is such a primo scene. But it, it is such a good It was scene. still good in the book. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's still good. And Theoden is basically like worm tongue, you're a traitor. And he tells him, Fight with me against Isengard or be gone. Yeah. But I mean he gave him he was trying to give him mercy and give he him was. a chance. He was, yeah. It wasn't just like, well, Stick with me or you're out. It was literally like, come on, fight with me. You yeah. know that that guy's trash. Fight with me. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, get out. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it was a lot more merciful than what Grima deserved. Oh, sure. <laughs> by far. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, obviously, Wormtongue flees. He's like, see ya. Yeah. And... We also find out that Theoden had Aomer imprisoned as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Um, I think so. in the movie he's just, like, banished or something. Right, yeah. We but, yeah, he's, him. like, actually imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> so he releases him, obviously. And um, at this point, they're all, like, 
We be pals. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and so they give Gandalf and crew weapons and mail and mm-hmm. all this cool stuff. Isn't Gimli's like from when he, Theoden was like a, not a child, but like <laughs> yeah. from his youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I liked. I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Rather does. than chainmail that's like to the floor. Right. And he's like, this is your floor length gown. Right. Chainmail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will <And>, fit, right? <laughs> yeah. And Gandalf keeps only Shadowfax because apparently Shadowfax was a gift from Theoden. Yeah. So Gandalf is like, can I just keep the horse? Mm hmm. And he's like, yeah. My, he's my BFF anyway, so you can't. Yeah. You can't tear us apart even if you want to. That's right. I don't think he said that, but he had to have been thinking it. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. Um, so then they all ride off to fight, you know? They know they know who their enemy is, and they know yeah. what's going on in the world. So, mm-hmm. But then, as always, something in the distance alarms Gandalf, so <laughs> he... Uh, Diverts from the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just tells them to continue on Helm's Deep and to stay away from the open plains of Aizen. Yep. But, yeah, so he's always going off doing his own thing. Yeah. But he's like, but I'll be back. Yeah. And but, he always is. Yeah. And I, I I know he does in the movie, but I, I believe he does in the book, too. It's just kind of like, you know, on this day or, you know, look for me on the hill, you know, whatever. I think it's. The morning of the fifth day yeah. or something like that. Right. So, yeah. he At least he's like, don't worry. I'll be back. <laughs> right. So, they get to Helm's Deep and Theoden tells the crew that Saruman knows the area super well and that he foresees a battle there between them and the forces of Isengard. Mm-hmm. And... Bud was right. Yep. Because <laughs> then we have... He read the room or yeah, the realm correctly. He, he, he read the realm. <laughs> and we then have the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. So this is an epic battle. Mm-hmm. It's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Do we have elves at, elves at Helm's Deep? I don't think so. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to say, I was like, it felt like it was missing something. And I was like, I don't think the elves show up. Yeah. I just think it's... It's Rohan and then Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas. So we have one elf. Yep. (laughs) And we don't have a big pause, like, where they're, you know, like, kind of arguing about who they have to use to to battle. But they do make a comment, like, some of them have (laughs) seen too few or too many many. winters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But... And they... They're all ready to fight. They're all ready to fight. Um, obviously, after traveling from Edoras to Helm's Deep, mm-hmm. the forces of Rohan are tired. They are weary. Mm-hmm. And the orcs are fresh. They didn't even get, like, a, a chance to breathe. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, we get here. Oh. Boom. Oh. Yeah. There's an army outside. Yeah. Great. So, it's... There are sheer numbers of orcs, just yeah. orc after orc after orc, and it's it's sucking. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
But then, obviously, they hold out yep. through the night. And who shows up but Gandalf. Like he promised. With the Riders of Rohan. And they finish the job. The orcs are feared. They're so afraid. Yeah. When Gandalf and the Riders of Rohan show up. Isn't and, it funny when, like, you know, a fresh group shows up and they're just like, oh, I'm scared. And then they just start running. It's yeah. like, you big whiners. I know. I think that's also kind of like a theme. The orcs are not really fighting for a purpose. Mm -mm. They're fighting under orders. Yeah. And then you have, like, Rohan and our group. Yeah. Fighting for actual purpose. Mm -hmm. So even if For life and freedom. So. Yeah. So yeah. even if they're outnumbered by orcs, their purpose drives them. Yes. And they. It makes them stronger for it. Overcome. Mm-hmm. So they defeat the orcs at the Battle of Helm's Deep. And we are victorious. Yay. Yay. And they do give themselves some celebration. Mm-hmm. After the victory. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. I guess we kind of forgot to mention earlier when we saw Eowyn, there was like some comments about some looks exchanged <sighs> yeah. or some possible stirred feelings or something, but a notice of her beauty. Right. But otherwise we really don't, we don't get like her protesting that she has to go right. be with the women and children and right. And all that jazz. Yeah. So now we're off to Isengard. Yep. Our crew is off to Isengard. I, I think they were fresh for about a minute and then they're yeah. like, okay, on to Isengard. <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> And they're not really sure what they're going to find there, essentially. Right. right. So, you know, they don't know if they're heading to more battle, essentially, at this mm -hmm. point. So, But they're willing to risk it because they they're, know that's where they got to go. They're willing to risk it. And what do they find when they arrive at the Tower of Orthunk? Saruman hanging up there mm -hmm. like a little defeated... Baby. Yeah, he's being a real baby, by the way. And then Mary and Pippin are just, like, hanging out. Yeah, they're just lounging around, smoking their pipes. Eating some foods. Yeah, eating. And they inform Gandalf that Treebeard is awaiting his arrival. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they told Treebeard, they're like, yeah, we're friends of Gandalf, but he passed. And Treebeard's like, nah, I just saw him, like, a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. He's good. <laughs> he good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Gandalf goes off to find Treebeard and this is when Pip is essentially telling Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli, what has happened. Mm -hmm. Their time with the orcs, about how they got into the forest and the Ents and they broke the dams and flooded the plains around Isengard and took out all the orcs that were in the lower levels And effectively trapped. Yep. Saruman in the tower. Right. So he's just up there. Chilling. Him and Wormtongue. Yeah. Bro, you you jumped out of the literally jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. You should have stayed with 
Theoden when he gave you the opportunity. Yeah, because now you're just stuck in a tower with this old man. Right. This cranky old man. Yeah, dude. What? <laughs> Come on. So Gandalf speaks to Saruman and Wormtongue, obviously. Yeah. Spoke to him a little bit first, but uh, Saruman tries to sound pitiful mm-hmm. and get them to, like, feel bad for him and right. trick them, but they're like... Sorry, bud. We're right. not falling for this. Right. But then, and then doesn't he kind of threaten them? Like, or not threaten them, but like he just tries to make himself sound so powerful. Yeah. And yeah. Just like, you've been defeated. Come on. You're stuck in a tower. Yeah. You're defeated. So sorry. Ex- but not. Yeah. Take the L. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I think Gandalf even says at one point I might have been, you know, swayed by your mm-hmm. words, but. Not now. Not now. So. Yep. And Too Gan- bad. Gandalf is just pissed at this point. Mm-hmm. He breaks Saruman's staff, and Wormtongue throws a crystal ball in an attempt to hit Gandalf. See, I didn't know if he was trying to hit Gandalf. or if, I, I couldn't tell if he was trying to hit them or if he did it out of, like, I'm mad at Saruman, so here you go. Yeah. I couldn't tell which which way, if he was trying to help them or hurt them. I guess you could read it either way, or maybe both. Yeah. I guess you never really know the uh, the intentions of someone yeah. like Wormtongue. That's true. Because so. they're loyal unto themselves only. Mm-hmm. So. And the person who can benefit them the most exactly. at the moment. Exactly. So, we don't know. But right. he misses Gandalf, and it just plops. Yep. And maybe the book says that he was trying to hit him with that I couldn't remember, but... Yeah. <laughs> so Pip picks up the ball, and Gandalf is like, eh, I think you should give me that. Hand, hand it over, my lad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need that. You don't need that thing. And this is when Saruman realizes what Wormtongue had just threw, mm-hmm. and is enraged. Yeah. Because that was a very valuable item to him. Throwing his little Tempe tantrum. Yep. <laughs> and Gandalf is like, all right, we're done here. Yeah. And let's let's get the water flowing. Right. Lock them in. Yeah. They can't get out. Yeah. Don't don't let these fools out of here. Yeah. Basically, you're in prison now. Have fun. Bye. So they leave. And Mary's riding with Gandalf and Pip with Aragorn. Mm-hmm. Which... Is crazy because I feel like Pip is always with Gandalf. I know. So I know. And I didn't remember that. I didn't catch that detail. So, but it is interesting (laughs) because you would think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Especially where they end up later. Exactly. So they just want to give them one last chance to socialize before they were separated. That's what it is. (laughs) And by they, I mean Tolkien, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't specifically say where they're on their way to at this point mm-hmm. yeah i i thought maybe i uh, yeah i mean my overlooked it but yeah my guess is that they're intending to be on their way to Minas Tirith, Mm-hmm. but i don't think they say that quite yet or maybe they're going to like another like stronghold of rohan, rohan or so, just yeah. somewhere in safe yeah so to regroup yeah exactly they and they're they're on their on the road and they camp for the night. Everyone's asleep, obviously, except for Pip. Mm-hmm. 
And he is like, I got to get my hands on that ball. He just can't get it out of his head. Yeah. He cannot stop thinking about it. Yeah. So. It's, it's swirling in there and kind of almost is. like beckoning him. It is. Whether it's his own curiosity or, or something more sinister. Yeah. I'm inclined way. to think the latter, actually. Yeah. Or a, or a healthy mix of both. Yeah. Yeah. So Pip is like, tick, 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 snatch. <laughs> gets gets it. And obviously he's holding it. He's looking into it. He sees like a dark flying figure and an evil figure approach him. Mm-hmm. And he's scared, of course. He drops it and yells in fear. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf is like, Stupid boy. Right. Taking things out of my arms while I'm asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You really think that was a great idea? Yeah, exactly. And that's when we learned that the the ball or the orb or whatever is a palantir. Is that how you say it? Palantir. Palantir. uh, Which is one of the seven seeing stones. And I think they kind of just used to be used for communication Mm -hmm. but of course they were turned evil by sauron and that's what he uses to communicate with his minions and probably spy throughout the land for mordor so not something you want to just leave lying about it is not and using just willy-nilly right yeah so the palantir allowed pip to see visions but also sauron to see pip Mm-hmm. And his thoughts. But he didn't get the answers to anything fully. Right. right. So. So Gandalf thinks because he didn't get any true answers that this is going to confuse Sauron. And that they can, like, use this to their advantage. Right. Because he probably thinks Pip has. The ring. What he wants. Exactly. <laughs> so now he is. And I'm wondering if um, not only does the stone let them communicate, but gives him a sense of where he is Mm -hmm. or, like, how far from him the person using this seeing stone is. Yeah, you would think that he would be able to tell where, essentially, where they're broadcasting from. Right. Because... Maybe it just gives kind of a general. general. Yeah, because Gandalf thinks that it's going to confuse Sauron and make him, like, focus his attention kind of away from where Frodo is. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think that he kind of has a rough idea of where it is. Right. But also that means that him and Pip have to go and be separate from the rest of the group. Exactly. And so he takes Pip and they ride off on Shadowfax. And it's says that they're riding towards Edoras, which is yeah. the Palace of Rohan. Yeah. So, and that is book three. That's it. Leaves you on a little cliffhanger. Yeah. Sort of. It does. And you'll have to go to part two to listen to our final thoughts, obviously. Mm-hmm. But what I find really interesting about book three is that we hear not a peep about Frodo and Sam. It honestly, like, it didn't even dawn on me because I was so immersed in the events of the story. Like, mm-hmm. I think I got halfway through and I was like, holy smokes, we have not switched perspectives to Sam or Frodo yet. So we yeah. have no idea what's going on with them. Right. Whatsoever. Exactly. Which, 
like, I, I can't tell if I prefer it, but I think I liked it because then, yeah, it's not like you're waiting to get back to the other group. It's like you get to see fully what's going on with this group and mm -hmm. then you get to see what's fully going on with that group. So yeah. I think both ways of storytelling, whether it's mixed back and forth yeah. or separate is fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I did like, I, I did like this. I agree. I think it's an interesting way to write this book because it it's almost like a very literal way of doing like the, the high fantasy where the group starts together and then you have a breaking of the group and they're scattered and then you have them come back together at the end. Right. So it's a really like obvious way to do that. Mm -hmm. So you have the whole first part with this group and the whole second part. Right. Presumably. Well, when you have so much going on, it kind of makes sense to keep those stories separate and contained. Right. Exactly. Within themselves. Yeah. You know, so and you can focus more. Exactly. And and if you don't, if you hadn't, like, watched the movies and you don't know how the story ends, you're kind of with Aragorn and company at the beginning wondering, like, mm -hmm. what has happened to Frodo and Sam. Mm -hmm. So it almost, like, heightens your, heightens the tension mm -hmm. going through the first part of the book because right. you don't know. And right. neither do they. And not to say that you, I guess, not forget about them, but it, you have a good, interesting story that has you entrenched in what they're going through mm -hmm. you're not necessarily sitting there the whole time going what about frodo like you right. know that's true he's brought up but i mean this this story is good enough mm -hmm. that it i you know i could see where it would almost have in a movie it works but maybe in the book he just mm -hmm. felt like it'd be too distracting or too complicated to go right. back and forth and back and forth yeah so i i like that he split it the way that he did it, that he did i agree I am interested to, not, like, think about if they would have made the movie this way. Yeah. Like, how that would go. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it would work as well in a I, film. I agree. To neglect characters for that long. But in the book, it didn't bother me. But I feel like, mm -hmm. yeah, in a film, it would be strange because yeah. then you're essentially because at least this is split up into books mm -hmm. so like this is book three yeah. whereas like a film it's like this is film this is two so film. for to have like the first half be one story and the second half be another yep. it, i guess it could have worked but mm -hmm. i think that they kind of built the tensions of both stories kind of at the same time so they mm -hmm. were kind of following that same you know beginning Hide middle crisis and kind of like come back down for the end kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like as you do in a film, like they kind of did that with both storylines at the same time rather than, you know, the first half of the movie. You go up and down and have a conclusion and then you go up and down and not a conclusion, but a cliffhanger. And then yeah. up and down to another cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. At least this way they both go up and down. And Together. the movie yeah. has kind of a good like going forward moment mm -hmm. whereas actually both of the stories leave us Hanging. book three and four leave us kind of on cliffhanger not kind of on cliffhangers yeah of like what are, okay what are we going to do next yeah or what about this so yeah 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 i liked it very enjoyable good read yep um so no final thoughts here right go to part two 
But you're still welcome to rate and review us. You are indeed <laughs> still welcome to. Send along your book recommendations. What are you reading this year? What are you excited to read this year? What are your, if you did set goals for yourself, what is your goal? Yeah. Is it reasonable or are you one of those people that can read 200 books in a year? Yeah. Teach Good me your ways, Lord. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, any books you would like us to talk about? Yeah. Totally open. Not even sure what our next book's going to be yet. <laughs> we haven't settled on that one yet. <laughs> so, surprise. Yep. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> um, our tunes and artwork are a collaboration of the two of us. Yep. Putting our noggins together. Indeed. So... Yeah, but until next time, which could be, you know, moments, moments from now <laughs> or a while, depending on how you spread out your episodes. True. Keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. Aha. And read books. That's right. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Or see you in a minute. <laughs>